pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound. The Big Rap Show Podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reads, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here at the Big Rap Show Podcast. about that <laughs> welcome along to another big rap show podcast Woo! another week has ro- what's going on on my drumsticks another week has rolled around and yeah what a week it's been in the bagpiping world this one's been a little bit strange this week obviously we've had all the st patrick's day celebrations and we'll get to that but yeah the bagpiping world has been mysteriously quiet And I think for good reason. I think it's all really as a direct result as to what happened at the RSPBA AGM. Now, going by what you guys uh, said on last week's podcast, a lot of people are really angry. Now, that's putting it mildly. A lot of you guys are absolutely furious about this. Some actually considering contacting the association themselves and possibly raising some issues and everything. Uh... Good luck, have at it, you know, all the very best to you, but, uh, mm. yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, go and check out last week's Big Rab Show podcast, yeah, you may have skipped an episode, but yeah, we talked all about reaction, of what happened at the RSPBA AGM, and all of that, so yeah, that's on last week's podcast, go back and check it out, but simply, to sum it all up, the reaction from you guys, the listeners of the Rab Show, but... Just the piping world in general has been one of a stunned silence. There's been plenty of keyboard warriors out there on social media and stuff, passing comments. Plus, tons of you have been emailing in and tweeting in and stuff here to the Rab Show and just telling us basically of your disgust. So, what a way to start the podcast, eh? Yeah, I figured I'd play a wee, I don't know, a wee rattle on the sticks or something. Kind of blatantly ripping off another podcast. <clears throat> But I'm a I'm a drummer. I'm not a piper, so I can't really play you a tune. So, how are you bother? There you go. <laughs> Hashtag Chandarant. Yeah, welcome. If this is your very first Big Rab Show podcast, then welcome. We are the show for the bagpiping folks. So if it's got bagpipes in it, around it, or near it at all, then we are the show for you. Yeah, so we've noticed recently that we've added a whole bunch of brand new listeners. So wherever you're tuning in, then yes, you are welcome. Please do check out our back catalogue. We have got quite a lot. Of back catalogue now. <laughs> I don't think there's anything we haven't talked about yet here, but hey, we've got loads of stuff to come over the, the next incoming season and into the winter and possibly into the next few years. So tons of stuff coming here in the Big Rab Show. But do please check out our back catalogue. If you would like to help support the show, you can. You can go along to our Patreon page, like every other podcast you would ever listen to. We have a Patreon page, where for the same as a price of a cup of coffee every month, you can help support the show. And yeah, you get your hands on tons of extra content. We've released two episodes of Big Rab Show Plus. So yeah, you can go and check out episode two. It's currently up there. Uh, Plus, we talk regularly with our Patreon people and... Tons of extra stuff is all up on there on our Patreon page. So if you do fancy getting your mitts on extra stuff, then yeah, for 
as little as a price of a cup of coffee. Every month you get tons of extra stuff. Plus you get the feel-good feeling of helping support ourselves here on The Rab Shoe. <sighs> now, let's get into things first, shall we, with listener mail. Now, most of the listener mail, I have to say, was all in reaction to last week's podcast. So like I said, at the very top of the show, I wanted to get that out of there straight away. The reaction to last week's podcast was... Uh, <laughs> Epic, to be honest. A lot of you guys emailed in lots of different opinions flying around the place, but I think the overall feeling is that people out there are just flat-out angry, and there's no two ways around it. No matter what way you try and paint it, uh, yeah, (laughs) it's just rough. So thank you to everyone who's gotten in touch with this, and yeah, I think like uh, ourselves here in the Rab Show, we are waiting to see how developments progress with the RSPBA in this coming year, and to see how this season unfolds it'll be incredibly interesting but yeah we did also get some listener mail on other topics so if you would like to mail us in first of all that email address is bigrabshow at gmail.com now we love getting your emails in and especially your voicemails if you can get voicemails to us that'd be even better because then we can bring your voice to the podcast here so yes bigrabshow at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you now one such person's emailed in uh, called Ben. Ben Timberlake, actually. He says, Hi, Rab. If you're still willing to talk about the world, here are my thoughts as a non-competing enthusiast. Okay. He says, In summary, he would like to keep the Friday program with changes for spectators. Also, stay in Glasgow, only moving it to another place if it can provide a similar supporting activity. Interesting. Uh, he also says, uh, Subsidized travel for distant bands. So, getting into the email, he says, I first went to the Worlds for the Grade 1 Championships, but found that the Worlds is way more than just that, and that it is not something that's going to be replaceable in many other places. Nah, there you go. So, yeah, he says, uh, despite minimal participation from bands outside the British Isles, you can still call it a World Championships, since bands worldwide have the opportunity to com- come and compete, which is more than can be said for his beloved baseball World Series. Uh, yeah, that's been argued before. <laughs> yeah, so but overseas bands have a huge handicap in the form of cost. The solution to this would be a fund or a foundation that defrays costs for overseas bands. Say grade one at first, but then extend into lower grades, possibly uh, rotating among eligible bands to give many different groups the opportunity now that's a cracking idea uh he also goes on to say a changing location is a nice idea but effect will be that bands will sit out for years and it's far because it's far away and they will just wait for it until it gets closer will become essentially a regional competition and that's a very valid point as cool as it may be to see the world championships possibly played in madison square garden under the big roof or i don't know uh, played in Singapore, where they have the Grand, the Grand Prix. Like that's a fantastic venue. I don't know, possibly in Dubai. You know, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Geography is very much a factor here, uh, so it could well become a regional competition. So you do run that risk. He also says, furthermore, there's just no match in Glasgow for Celtic piping, uh, which for the spectators who bring a lot of benefit is a big draw. In the US or Australia, you could have spaces three times the size filled with vendors, but you'd have a very small percentage of the supporting piping of of the supporting piping activity, and that's not going to draw the crowds. That's. 
pretty true. Yeah, he said, he goes on, he says, you could potentially do it in other countries like uh, Scapoli, Italy, or Grigion in Spain, both home of international bagpipe museums, but you're dealing mostly with non-Celtic traditions there. They're still bagpipes, sure, but it's really... But is it really our Highland bagpipe that we're after? Yeah, it was, yeah, good point, Ben. He said, for the qualifier questions, it might make sense to switch Friday's programme uh, so more bands can compete their programmes than just relax on the Saturday. But Friday is a great time for spectators to wander around and see a whole bunch of piping, drumming, drum majoring. Saturday finals, of course. They're still a marquee event. Uh, of course it is, so along with the March Pass. So, yeah, I agree with you. He says that he says, there are solutions to the problems of the world without tearing apart the structure that made it such a popular event. I believe those solutions start with helping to support the performers who make it such a desirable event to attend. Thank you, Ben Timberlake. That was an awesome email. And some very interesting thoughts there. I do think that you put, yeah, you hit the nail right in the head whenever you said that international bands have a disadvantage they really are uh, whenever it comes to geography and basic travel because the cost of coming over to the UK every year to compete for the worlds is simply astronomical and some bands just simply can't afford to come every year uh, so as we've seen with our New Zealand bands like New Zealand police took a year out to try and recoup and bands like Manawatu and uh, other bands as well have taken years out just to you know try and regain some finance it is not a cheap business you know flying over to the uk internationally especially with instruments in tow so yeah i completely agree that perhaps there could be something done with helping aid bands coming over whether that means providing like a fund or that that you can apply for i don't know i really don't know how that could be administered to be honest you know, how bands can apply for funding to get their travel paid by RSPBA. But that mm, that just opens a massive can of worms. Who gets it? Who doesn't get it? And then that starts another fight, doesn't it? So, mm, it would be very interesting how you could possibly administer something like that. I don't know if it would be entirely possible, but it certainly is a plausible idea, I think. Uh, but one of which I don't think RSPBA have explored at all. So, all right, there you go. That could be something you could throw at them at the AGM next year. Just speak to your band representative. Yeah. <laughs> Grant, but I do completely agree about rewarding the bandsmen and women who compete at the World Championships and other majors for that matter. Bandsmen and women head to these things and compete you know, following months and months and months of hard work through the winter, months of learning material and getting it up to a certain level of performance and then heading out there on the competition field and essentially per- performing for free. Now, this has been argued before, whether they should go down the lines of copyright and, you know, bands can copyright their performance and possibly charge the association for that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, also, it's been we spoke about this last week on the podcast about prize money. People still don't believe me about the prize money for grade one at the Worlds. If you lift Spikey, you get 1,500 quid in your pocket, I think. I think that's it. I'm not entirely sure. I could be completely wrong. Uh, but yeah, I do think the sum of money is kind of minuscule. But it's not the money that the, the bands are after. It's obviously it's the title. You know what I mean? But I do think the association can do more financially to help bandsmen and women become more engaged in this massive activity that we do. You know, competing every week is not cheap. 
And even for us on the Rab Show, you know, we try our best to cover every possible competition and throughout the season. And it's not cheap for us either, you know, so we're just there right along with you. Uh, so as much as bands are fundraising and etc., you know, I could completely get that. But I do think the association could possibly do something more uh, financially to help bands. And it does sting uh, whenever you talk about what we spoke about in last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even going to go there, Ben. What are you doing to me? Okay, I got another email here. Fa- Let me see, where is this? Uh, yeah, I come in from Mary McQuaid. Hi, Mary. She says, hi, Big Rab Show. I just listened to the tune Stuck in Your Head episode. A little bit behind, I know. And I wanted to say that a tune I've had stuck in my head the most lately is Steam Train to Malik. <laughs> of course, Steam Train to Malik is one of them tunes that really does stick in your brain. I forgot that one, to be honest. Uh, said, she says here, The arrangement that my band is playing has some tempo changes on a cool syncopated midsection part, and I've been annoying co-workers by playing it on my desk all week. Brilliant! There you go. Also wanted to say that I very much enjoyed your last Chanter Rant voicemail. I enjoy how much uh, love you show each other's shows. Really emphasizes how the pipe band community spans countries and cultures and levels of family friendliness. Uh, yeah, that'd be true. Chandler Rant's not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> uh, for topic of the week, uh, what about something more performance-related? You mentioned one time doing a podcast on tattoos, and I, for one, would find that really interesting. Or maybe one on organizing a profitable fundraising concert, which I know some bands out there could really need a hand with. Cheers, Mary. Well, Mary, thank you so much, and for sticking the steam train to Malaga in all of our heads. Thank you very much for that. Um, but, yeah, some interesting topic of the week suggestions there, and, yeah, possibly look at those. Um, I do know around the time the Belfast tattoo will be coming around again around September, uh, so certainly we could possibly look at that and how you know to put a successful tattoo together or even how to approach tattoo playing as a player. Um, very interesting topic. Yeah, look at that. And also on the other topics as well, we've had quite a number of suggestions actually uh, for topics of the week. So keep them coming. Email us in bigrabshow at gmail dot com. We love to hear your suggestions for topic of the week. So yeah, every now and again, I do like to send the guys to chant around a wee voicemail just to keep them on their toes. You know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> much love to the guys at chant around. But you know what? I was actually looking through. Uh, my old podcast listings. Sometimes I go back and listen to old podcasts that I used to really enjoy and for some reason are no longer there. Well, Grace Note Vortex is one of them. I really miss those guys. I know that they only had like four or five episodes, but each one of them was gold. I really loved them. That, that show. It was just fantastic. So, Grace Note Vortex, guys, if you're listening, come on, get the finger out. We really want to see you back again in the podcasting world. It would be amazing to see you. Maybe get a season preview out of you. That would be good. Yeah. Are you excited for the incoming season? Yeah, Grace No Vortex, guys. Get behind the mic again. And um, also, now I don't know if you guys are aware of this podcast or not. It came from the States. Now, these guys were members of the Tucson and District uh, Pipe Band. And they produced a podcast called The Beer Tent. They called themselves the Beer Tent Boys on Twitter and everything. So... Yeah, they were quite prolific, actually, in the podcasting world for quite a while and got me really interested in the world of podcasts before I would kind of listen every now and again to the odd BBC podcast and that would be about it. But yeah, these guys, 
the beer tent guys really got me involved in podcasting and in radio in general because I ended up working for them as like a roving reporter, sending them back reports from the World Championships. Uh, with me, uh, I actually made it into the fabled boathouse with the field marshal for one of their episodes. That was actually really special. And I had to listen back to it, and you could just tell just how nervous I was. It was brilliant. So, the Beer Tent Boys. I don't know if any of you guys out there remember them. There was Mike and Paul and Stu, those three legends, and I really missed them. I really would like to see the Beer Tent uh, podcast back again. I think it was just amazing. On each podcast, of course, they talked all about piping and drumming, but they also reviewed a beer on every pod. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. So, they talked about beer in a way that, I don't know, defies logic. Mm, yeah, it's very hoppy and crisp, and I think I I taste a little bit of lemon in there, and uh, you know, a, a little aftertaste of probably elderwood. And what, what are you talking about? It's beer, lad. Get it down your throat. So yeah, I used to really enjoy that podcast, and I'm sad that it's gone. It doesn't appear to have been back since 2014, I think, or even way before that. But yeah, you guys can mail me in. Have you ever listened to the Beer Tent podcast? Where is it now? Where are these guys? Are they even still about the playing world? I think Stu's still still playing bass drum with Tucson, actually. But uh, I haven't heard from Mike and Paul in a long time. Anyway, I'm rambling now. But I would love to know if you guys out there listen to the Beer Tent podcast. They were kind of instrumental in getting me involved in reporting this bagpiping world. And uh, yeah, doing what I'm doing now. Talking to you. Okay, let's fly on. I do digress, of course. Yeah, Fred Morrison, the legend! Fred Morrison is coming to Northern Ireland. So those of you living locally, if you haven't got tickets for this, where have you been? Fred Morrison is coming to Northern Ireland, 6th of April. The theatre at the mill in Newton Abbey. Come on, if you haven't got tickets for this, you're really missing out. As you guys know, I'm a huge Fred Morrison fan, so of course I would sing his praises. But... Yeah, for you guys who went to Winter Storm and everything, you know that Fred Morrison could put on one heck of a show. So, yeah, he's coming to Newton Abbey, 6th of April. Doors open at 7.30 and you can get tickets for 15 quid. Now, that is cheap. It's ridiculously cheap. So, there you go. (laughs) You're going to be entertained to the wee hours with some blistering music from one of the best virtuosic bagpipers in the world. So, yeah, thanks to Bally Bully Pipe Band who are celebrating their 100th anniversary and what a way to do it, bringing over a piping legend. So, looking forward to that. And no doubt us in the Rab Show, we will be there, microphone in hand, and hopefully hanging out with Fred. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have, have any suggestions for questions for Fred Morrison, by the way, yeah, email us in. If you have any questions for Fred, we will happily ask them. Uh, as long as they're clean. <laughs> Email us in. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Let's fly on. More news. Tartan Night is this weekend. Yes, I've been talking about this for a while now. Louise Smyton, of course, uh, drum major of Klaus Kelpipe Band, is heading to the Sacramento Games next year to compete. So she's currently doing a, a wee bit of fundraising here in sunny Northern Ireland. So she's running a night in Five Mile Town in the Valley Hotel. 23rd of March, doors open at 8pm. Tickets are a tenner, and like I said, all proceeds are going towards helping Louise head to the States for com- her competition next year. But also, <clears throat> excuse me, also, they're raising money for the neonatal unit in Craigavon Hospital. So, awesome causes, why not? Now, what are you getting for your money? Well, £10 a ticket, like I say, but you'll have Liss Beg on the on the lineup. You'll also have Tully Lagan pipe on. Yeah! 
You have Tully Lagenpey Band. You'll also have Klaus Kelt on there. Now, I spoke about this last week. We haven't heard Klaus Kelt yet at all, all winter. So it would be really interesting to see Klaus Kelt and how they're sounding. Have, have they got any new gear? Maybe a new uniform? You never know. Because we really haven't seen anything from Klaus Kelt. So, yeah, here's our chance to go and see them for the first time. Um, also, Andrew Shilladay from the Big Rab Show team and, of course, Tully Lagenpey Band will be their featured piper on the night. And speaking of Andrew... Andrew Shilladay, of course, he is this month's Blackthorn Piper. Yeah! Go on, lad. That's amazing. So well done to Andrew. And as I'm recording this podcast, actually, he's in Belfast at the Blackthorn Piping event right now. (laughs) So I'm a bit gutted. I haven't really sat down and watched any of the live streams and stuff. But you can, if you're listening to this podcast right now, just go along and search for it in Facebook, Blackthorn Piping Society. And uh, they actually do a lot of live streaming from their event. And I'm sure Andrew will be featured on there as well. So shout out to Andrew and the guys of Tully Lagan, of course, who will be heading along with him to the Blackthorn Piping Society. Awesome. Okay, I want to give a bit of a shout to an interesting website that just launched there not too long ago. I think last week, actually. dhdrumming.co.uk Yeah, Danielle Hamilton, of course, tenor drummer with Inverarian District Pipe Band, has launched her own tenor drumming website. Now, she provides all sorts of different services through her website. Like, she uh, teaches, she gives online lessons, she also has mentoring programs, as well as score writing and all this different stuff. Go and check out her website. It's well worth a look and some very interesting services. Now, for those of you living locally here in Northern Ireland, you know Danielle. Uh, She originally started out with Tully Lagan Pipe Band, but she's now currently playing with Inverary, the Grade 1 Giants, and has been there for a number of seasons now. Now, Danielle has been giving back to the bagpiping world here in Northern Ireland and further afield. So she's been teaching, mentoring, doing all that kind of stuff and basically helping out mid-sections where she can. So go and check out our website, dhdrumming.co.uk. It's well worth a look, trust me. So for full information and everything, plus all of our contact details, all up there on our website, well worth checking out. Now, another thing that I spotted on online that is really worth checking out. Now, I don't care if you're a bagpiper or you're a drummer or a tenor drummer or a drum major. You have to see this video, okay? Drone Chorus. We all know Drone Chorus. We love Drone Chorus on YouTube. He produces some of the best pipe band content on there, some of the highest quality. Well, he uploaded a video this week, which I have played now until I'm blue in the face. I absolutely love it. St. Lawrence the Tool, Drumming in the Dark, it's called. Yeah, St. Lawrence the Tool Drum Corps were celebrating their world championships by drumming in the dark under streetlights. And it's just epic. You should go and check it out. You guys know I'm a bit of a fan of St. Lawrence the Tool's Drum Corps. Uh, if anything, I was playing a set of Stephen Sticks there. Yeah, you know these new ones? Yeah, visual jokes on the radio. But these ones that have like the active kind of the active kind of sticky grip to them. Yeah, they're very, very cool. Uh they're not sticky and grippy to the touch until you start playing. You know, and then your hands heat up, sticks warm up, and then it kinda gets a bit tacky and you know, a bit sticky. Which is great because as a drummer who would maybe play in the rain quite often here in Northern Ireland very worthwhile having. So there you go, Stephen. Shameless plug for you. But definitely, go and check out that video by Drone Chorus. Uh, Sonora Tattoo, Drumming in the Dark. 
wow, it was just brilliant. You could tell the guys were on cloud nine and really enjoying themselves, and it's just a great video. Go and check it out. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of a good advertisement for them as well, because, of course, they're coming to Northern Ireland with their Tourist Kjall concert. Now, I've plugged this, I don't know how many times, so be prepared. You're going to be sick of me talking about it. But if you haven't got tickets for this... People are still contacting the Rab Show page saying, oh, where can we get tickets for this? Well, I will tell you. <laughs> you can get it on the Armagh City Hotel website, or, of course, you can get it on St. Lawrence of Tools website. Tickets are still available for this, so go and grab them now when you have the chance. So, like I said, it's a massive venue. Chances are you will get a ticket no matter when you would look for them, but there is that risk possibly up to the week or so before the concert, that they could well run out and sell out, which I dare say it'll probably do so. So the 27th of April, you have to get your tickets. So avoid disappointment. Go and see the guys at St. Lawrence Atul in concert in the Armagh City Hotel. This is going to be epic. And I'm all sorts of stupidly excited for that, by the way. Anyway, let's fly on. I have to say congratulations to Hawthorne Pipe Band, who managed to come, uh, they came a close second, actually, to Moorabbin City. I think I've pronounced that right. Uh, Moorabbin City at the Victoria State Championships there this past week. Now, the reason why I'm saying congratulations is because they introduced a brand new bass man. Yeah, we spoke about this last week briefly. Tyler Fry was ticking the bass with Hawthorne Pipe Band. Now, what makes this equally interesting and the reason why I'm saying congratulations is because whenever you introduce a new bass drummer to any pipe band, you change the entire pipe band. Now, I've said this before. Some people agree with me, some don't. Um, But honestly, whenever you change your bass drummer in your pipe band, you are changing the heartbeat of your band. And it's so different. Um, Like, I know even talking from a drummer perspective that, you know, if you ever do have to change bass man, essentially... You're working with a new set of tools, you know, like the sound is completely different. So I have yet to see a performance from Hawthorne Pipe Band with Tyler on bass. I'd be really interested to see any video clips out there. So if anyone has any of the video clips from the championships over the weekend, let me know. Um, If anything, I kind of think it was a bit weird having a pipe band competition on St. Patrick's Day. To me, that's strange. Now, I don't know what, what kind of made that decision and why they thought it was a good idea like i don't know but for me i think st patrick's day would be like a big fundraising opportunity for most pipe bands you would take part in a lot of different parades and different functions for st patrick's day so i'm sure hawthorne would have been involved themselves in doing a spot of fundraising over st patrick's so to throw a pipe band competition on st patty's day just is a bit strange that knocks a lot of bands out of their usual fundraising cycle so Interesting choice by the association there, but hey, who am I? I'm just here in the UK, what do I know? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see some video footage from this championship. I trawled and trawled and trawled online, I couldn't really find very much. Uh, so yeah, anybody out there has any fit- uh, video footage at all, or any, any recordings at all from these championships, let me know. I would love to hear them, and certainly I would share them out on the Rab Show social media. Okay, let's fly on the Red Hot Chili Pipers. Mentioned them again last week that, that yeah, I'd be on BBC Radio Ulster. So you can now go and hear the Red Hot Chili Pipers concert recorded live at the SSE Arena in Belfast. You can go have a listen to it. It's on the BBC Sounds app, which is their catch-up service. So download a BBC Sounds and then type into your search bar 
Kintra, or even at that you can type in Red Hot Chili Peppers, I'm sure it'll turn up. But type in Kintra, which is K-I-N-T-R-A, which is the show that I presented. Uh, yeah, the Red Hot Chili Peppers special is up there. Well worth a listen, trust me. Some real quality music on there from the Chilis. Plus you get to hear uh, the Ulster Scots not, uh, Juvenile Pipe Band were on there. So all those kids joined them on stage. Just epic. It was really, really awesome concert. Well received. And you could just hear by the crowd reaction as well on the recordings. It was just an epic night. So, yeah, if you're interested and a bit of a fan of the Chilies, why not go and check it out? And, yeah, of course, I did plug their new album on last week's podcast. So, new album coming from the Chilies. So, if you do want to get in the mood for some Chili Pipers, then there you go. A BBC radio show all about the Chilies. Well worth checking out. Because Yeah, I presented it. So, woo, go and check it out. <laughs> all right. There's one such uh, thing that kind of piqued my interest through the week. I got a message through to the Big Rab Show page saying, Hey, Rab, check out this interesting thing, uh, which we get a lot, actually, on the Rab Show, which was brilliant. So I wanted to give a shout-out this week to something that was really quite interesting called Piping Pink. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this, and I certainly didn't, uh, but Piping Pink is an all-female pipe band made up of 45 of the best female bagpipers and drummers in New Zealand. Now, this was... Awesome! I looked at this and thought, wow, what a brilliant idea. So I thought, are they going to be competing or what's going on? So they call themselves Piping Pink. So, as I say, pipers and drummers all from around New Zealand and uh, have many, many years of experience of performing and competing at grade one level. So some top quality players. Many of the members are also champion musicians, both in New Zealand and internationally. So Got some pretty big name female players in here, which is awesome. So Piping Pink will perform around all of New Zealand to raise awareness about breast cancer and funds to fight it. So for full information, I ask you, go and check out Piping Pink. What an incredible idea, you know, performing all around your home country and just raising awareness about breast cancer and hopefully raising a lot of money in the proceeds. In the process, even. So, well done. I think this is a cracking idea. And, yeah, I'm surprised no one's thought of this before. An all-female pipe band with 45 of the best female pipers and drummers from around New Zealand. This is a cracking idea. And if anything, I'll be watching this project with interest. And, uh, yeah, if they have any performances that they have, uh, all that sort of stuff shared out in social media, I will happily put it out there on the Rab Show page. I think it's a cracking idea. So go and check that out. Piping Pink, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out for them on social media. And I dare say they'll be uploading a lot of really cool content. And plus, I'm sure you can help them raise some money for breast cancer awareness and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm sure they'll have links all up there as well where you can donate some money to an awesome cause. Speaking of links, yeah, the Big Rab Show have launched a bit of an online poll. Now, whenever I'm recording this, the poll actually only has a few days left. So, depending on when you're listening to this, of course, this is now the 20th of March. You may only have a couple of days left. Mm. I think it's the 23rd the poll closes. But what is the poll for, Rab? Well, yeah, us on the Big Rab Show team have been talking behind the scenes and we've been thinking, now stress thinking, we haven't actually put pen to paper yet, but we've been thinking about doing another Big Rab Show live. What do you think? Now, this is the whole reason why we're putting it out on a bit of a poll is we wanted to know your thoughts. Do you think that we should run another one or whether we shouldn't? Now, I have to stress, it is a serious amount of work throwing a live event. Now, we threw the Big Rab Show live last year to celebrate our 100th episode. So it was kind of a big special event. It was really cool. And we had tons of 
top pipers and drummers turn up and we raised a lot of money for charity on the night auctioning things off and all that sort of stuff it was just the best night and if you haven't listened to episode 100 uh where have you been go back yeah that was kind of an epic night it was just awesome so there is that itch again loads of people who were there at rab show live that night actually contacted us again afterwards and said man that was the best night ever you should do another one and it wasn't just one email, like I'm talking, there was quite a few people were getting in contact with us saying that night was epic, you need to do it again. Now, we do like to raise money for charity, there's no doubt there. And the charity we raised money for was the Music Service for Pipes and Drums. And yeah, they're involved in teaching kids all around Northern Ireland how to learn how to pipe and drum and get them involved in the piping scene, which is just fantastic. So... We want to know your thoughts. Should we run another Big Rab Show live? We have an online poll at the moment. It's all up there on the Big Rab Show Facebook page. Go and check it out. And uh, yeah, cast your vote. And even if you have any thoughts on the whole topic, you can email us in bigrabshow at gmail.com. Let us know. Do you think we should run another Big Rab Show live? Yeah, we're trying to gauge interest before we even start organizing the thing. Anyway. Before we get any further, okay, and we get into topic of the week, which I'm sure this is why you've clicked on this week's podcast, uh, but yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to everyone who sent us hashtag Big Rab Show selfies. Now, there was loads of you out there throughout all of St. Patrick's Day celebrations who sent us in hashtag Big Rab Show selfies, and I have to say, you are all you're all awesome. Now, please forgive me if I don't read out your band's name because simply there were so many of them uh, over our Facebook and plus our Twitter as well where we're just kind of inundated with selfies. But I'll do my best. So shout out goes to JD and Duncan Road. Yeah, you guys sent me a sin. Hashtag Big Rab Show selfie. So shout out to you guys. Uh, let me see. Shout out goes to Tucson and District who were, yeah, doing all sorts of happy St. Patrick's Day shenanigans. So shout out to Tucson and District. That's twice I've mentioned you on this week's show. Isn't that interesting? Why didn't I mention them earlier? Why did I? Oh, yeah, of course, the Beer Time Podcast. Ugh. Whoops. There you go. So also a shout out to Michael Dyer Pipe Band uh, from Ockram and County Wicklow. So there you go. Shout out to you guys. Also, shout out to Grand Rapids and District Pipe Band. You guys look to be having all sorts of fun there. So awesome. Shout out to the Grand Rapids. Uh, also, shout out to St. Lawrence Atul, believe it or not. <laughs> St. Lawrence Atul sent us actually a video of them actually performing in the street and also quite a number of photographs of the band in action at St. Patrick's Day celebrations. So shout out to you guys at St. Lawrence. Uh, also, Twin Cities Metro Pipe Band. You Awesome. Well, yeah, fantastic. I think they're from Minnesota in the US, I think. So, yeah, shout out to you guys. Also, shout out to the Chicago Highlanders Pipes and Drums. Yeah! Awesome. Yeah, you guys were in concert, I think. There was quite a large audience watching you guys when you sent your hashtag Big Rab Show selfie. Also, a shout out to the St. Andrews College Pipe Band. Yeah, shout out to you guys. Also to the Red Heckled Pipe Band in Malta. And uh, Malta, which is awesome. So, yeah, Pipe Band, the Red Heckled Pipe Band. Shout out to you guys. Also to Tulsa Metro Pipe Band. There you go. Shout out to Tulsa. Also a shout out to Salt Lake Scots Pipe Band. Yay, there you go. Now, I did tell you there's quite a number of Rab Show selfies, so bear with me. I do want to kind of give appreciation. Uh, also, a uh, shout-out to uh, some column killed United, Gaelic Pipe Band. There you go. I think that came from Kevin Murphy. Well done, Kevin. 
getting the big grab shows healthy. Also, uh, Afi and District Pipe Bands. And that came from Claire. Claire Brackett, well done. Hashtag grab shows healthy. Also, uh, one came in from Bestbrook, Crimson Arrow and Arma. Shout out to Bestbrook. There you go. <laughs> also, Port Law Pipe Band. Well done, Port Law. Hashtag grab show selfie. And, of course, the mighty McDonald Memorial and McDonald Academy Pipe Bands. Yeah! Awesome. And shout out to Liam Renton, of course, drum major with Inverary, who was managing to lead New Ross and District for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, shout out to New Ross. Also, a shout out to Manor Cunningham. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you guys all took photographs, all lifting a pint for all of us. <laughs> so, every one of the members of uh, Manor Cunningham had a pint in their hands. So, yeah, I think that you guys had a good time. Also, shout out to Major Sinclair Memorial. Yeah. Also, a shout out to uh, Louise Smyton and Liz Beg Pipe Band, and they yeah they were on the streets in Sligo actually when they sent there. So well done. Uh, also, let me see the Irish Pipers of San Francisco. Awesome. There you go. And if anything, I had to look twice because you looked very similar to St. Lawrence at all. Very similar kind of kilts to St. Lawrence. Um, also, I have to give a shout out to the city of Brisbane Pipe Band. Yeah. I actually think you were rained on. But yeah, I thought it was always really sunny in Australia. But there you go. You guys were, yeah, rained on and soaked in a very wet-looking St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, shout out to the city of Brisbane, Pipe Band. Uh, so, Column Kill, Pipe Band. I have to give a special mention, actually, to Column Kill. Uh, so, Brian Hassan has managed to parade with Column Kill, Pipe Band for 50 consecutive St. Patrick's Days. Now, 50! Never missed 50 St. Patrick's Day parades with Column Killpipe Band. That's awesome. So shout out to you, Brian. Well done. What a milestone. Uh, I have to give a shout out to Brad Logan, who sent us in a Rab Show selfie. Uh, there was him along with a big horse. Very random. But <laughs> thanks, Brad. That was brilliant. Uh, also, St. Columbus School uh, from Kilmacolum in Scotland. Awesome. There you go. And De La Salle Scout Pipe Band from Waterford. Are you getting the picture? We got we got so many. Also, shout out to the city of Chicago pipe band. We got a lot of ones from them. So shout out to you guys. The New York Police Department Emerald Society pipe band. <sighs> city of Dunedin pipe band. <laughs> so many. Uh, we got one from Kevin Walsh as well. Shout out to Kevin. Thank you. Uh, we got one from Portland Metro Youth pipe band. Uh, so yeah, and then St. Agassiz and what's that in Portland, Oregon, in the U.S. We got so many. Rab show selfies, it was nuts. And I'm not having done them all. I've got a hack, I think I've read a list long enough, as the guys at Chandler Rant would say. But I really wanted to give you guys props and give you all a massive thank you. That, yeah, we do this as a bit of fun every year. We ask you to send us in hashtag Rab Show Selfies, and it's only right that we give you a shout here on the show. And plus, of course, we've shared them all out on our social media. If you are interested in seeing all those photographs, they're all up there on the Big Rab Show Facebook page, including on some video footage as well. Yeah, well worth checking out. Anyway, time to get into it. Time for the topic of the week. <sighs> it's finally time for me to go and get a big cup of tea. It's time for the topic of the week. LoneStarPiper.com, serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring R.G. Hardy's full range of bagpipes, including Henderson's, and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets, and bespoke Highland wear, including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com, offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes. If your drum corps needs a new look, 
then they can help you with a full custom design from Adante Drums and custom bass heads from Evans and Remo. Lone Star Piper is also the North American distributor for Beat Street Drumming Goods from Northern Ireland. Have you any questions about any of the major brands they carry? Then you can contact Jeremy at sales at LoneStarPiper.com. LoneStarPiper.com. Check them out. The Horace Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row, Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com 150 Sandy Row, Belfast. Check them out. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall, Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie and Sinclair and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pettigrew. They have a no-quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes. Also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website, sourcebagpipes.co.uk. Contact Ross for more information. Hello. This is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show. Yes, indeed. Time for Topic of the Week. And uh, this week is a little bit interesting, to be honest. Now, this has been suggested by one of our Patreon uh, supporters over on our Patreon page, so thank you. This one's actually quite interesting, and I do hope that this will actually, yeah, get a little bit of conversation going. We really need your input on this one. If anything, it's kind of a one-way conversation so far. I have a lot of questions for American pipe banders. Now, yeah, this is one thing that's kind of came to light because I do realise that a lot of our listenership here on the Big Rab Show podcast is all based in the United States. Now, I have never been to a United States pipe band competition. I've never actually seen one in person. I have no experience of them firsthand, so that's why I have so many questions. (laughs) My experience has been the pipe band scene and the piping scene here in the UK specifically here in Northern Ireland, where I am basically just saturated in piping and drumming. I can't go anywhere without bumping into someone from the bagpiping world talking about bagpipe music or talking about bands. It's just in the water here. If anything, I was on my way home tonight. I had to uh, put uh, petrol in my car or gas in my car. I pulled into the phone station and there was a guy sitting in a van next to me and he was practicing. He had his practice chanter out. He was sitting there on the wheel, practicing away. Of course, uh, I waved over at him. He wound the window down. And he says, I can't get the third part in this march. Ah! And just screamed at me. Put the window back up again. All I could do was laugh. <laughs> and it just seems to happen so often now that, you know, bagpiping is just what we do here. You know, that wasn't strange behavior. <laughs> it, it just happens. It's very strange to describe and... I don't know if I can truly portray the picture, but it happens so often now that, you know, it's 
people don't bat an eyelid. But I do get the impression from listening to, well, obviously the Chander Ram podcast, shout out to you guys, but also from listening to that old podcast that I used to really enjoy, the Beer Tent podcast. That's one thing I really fascinated with was how piping and drumming actually happens in the United States, how it actually works over there. And if anything, I want to ask you guys, in the United States, listening to this podcast right now, I want you now to take some notes. I want you to actually mentally think about some, yeah, answers to some of my questions. And if you can, please do email me back and we'll visit this again. And we'll go over the answers. The Yeah, the email address, as you know, bigrabshow at gmail. Dot com. Now, if anything, I would love to hear voicemails on this as well. So if you do have some input to the following questions, you can certainly get a voicemail to me. And we would love to chat all about this on a future podcast. Now, please, from the very outset, before I get into my list of questions, please do not take this offensively. I am taking this from a point of view that I honestly have no clue. And they're genuine questions. I'm not trying to score points off people. I'm not trying to, like, you know... Uh, we kind of do it better here in the UK because I know for a fact that we don't. There's possibly a lot of things that we can learn from you guys there in the States. Now, not just in the United States. I'm also talking about Australia and New Zealand and possibly South Africa and greater Europe as well. I am absolutely fascinated with how bagpiping and drumming is done internationally. It just so happens that this week's podcast is focused on the United States. So... Without further ado, I'll get into my list of questions. Okay, first of all, I want to know how you initially got involved. Now, like I said, bagpiping and drumming here in the UK and Northern Ireland, it's in the water. As soon as you're born, people are checking your fingers to see if you've got bagpiping hands or drumming hands. Yeah, as soon as I was born, I was told, yeah, my aunts and uncles all check my fingers. Nah, he's a drummer. As much as my dad wanted me to be a bagpiper, nope, fingers were too short and stubby. (laughs) I was always destined to be a drummer. And hey-ho, there you go, pair of sticks in front of me. (laughs) So, it's just inevitable. It's never anything that's an actual physical choice. You don't actually make it. You don't, I am going to do this. It's just something that is kind of expected. So, uh, yeah, it's just a natural progression. But I would be really interested as to how people get involved in piping and drumming in the United States. Because I am very aware that piping and drumming is kind of a subculture. We've spoke about this before, about piping and drumming being a subculture. It isn't as much a subculture here in the UK, I have to say. But it certainly is when it comes to the United States or even abroad. Now... I just, I'm fascinated with how people manage to get involved in the first place. Did you just suddenly hear a pipe band at a parade or something and th- think to yourself, I want to do that? Or did you see maybe the Red Hot Chilies on TV or something and, oh, I want to do that? Do you know what I mean? I just, what was the spark that made you lift a set of pipes in the first place or lift a pair of sticks for that matter? What made you get involved? Also, so when you did get involved, were you young? We spoke about that before in the podcast. When is the right age to start? And yeah, a lot of us here in the UK, we start at aged eight, possibly age nine, whenever we first start learning. Uh, Anything before that, you're too young and you start developing bad habits very quickly. But a lot of us learn at a very early age. Myself, I started learning tenor drum whenever I was nine years old. And in the back of it, I was also learning snare, all of that sort of stuff. So I started basically when I was nine. My first competition in grade two was when I was ten. So... (laughs) 
That tells you how old I am. So, yeah. <laughs> I was in my grade two days whenever I was 10 and I was on tenor drum. So, yeah. So I started pretty young in the bagpiping world. So I'd be interested, you know, what made you get started? And when you finally did, uh, were you of age or were you, yeah, a young whippersnapper? Also, I think this has been talked about at length before on other podcasts, but also they've been talking about recruitment. Now, recruitment seems to be a massive deal in the United States. It also seems to be a massive thing for Canada, Australia, New Zealand, everywhere else where bagpiping isn't in the water. It's, yeah, it's a real fascinating topic for me. How bands can actually go out there, reach out to the general public, show them what this is and how cool it is. You know, look at us, this bagpiping thing is awesome. Come and have a go. So, recruitment, I would be really interested to see how bagpipe bands out there recruit players from the general public you know how can you turn a regular common garden metalhead into suddenly wanting to play an msr do you know what i mean wow field martial are the best and go and listen to some iron maiden do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a bit of a strange kind of juxtapose if you know what i mean so yeah i'd be really interested in how bands out there internationally recruit yeah so that's one of it really like to know your opinion on now like I said before, I have absolutely no first-hand experience when it comes to competitions abroad. Now, when I say abroad, I mean, of course, I'm talking about the United States on this week's podcast. Yeah, I have been I've been told in conversation, of course, with Josh and Andy, but from others as well uh, from the United States, that whenever it comes to competitions, pipe band competitions in the United States, that the bagpipes are not the focus. The pipe bands are not the focus. Yeah, they're competing and they're playing their heart and soul out trying to win a prize. But that's not the focus of the event. It could be something else. If anything, possibly one of the main focuses would be like the strongman events. You know, kind of the the heavy events like tossing the caber, throwing big heavy stones about. Meanwhile, there's bagpipers and drummers over there, possibly some of the best in the world. And they're performing out of their skin. But yeah, nobody's watching them. They're all watching some big hairy guy throw a, throw a I don't know, <laughs> a big lump of stone about. Whoopee, great, but come on over here and check this out, you know. Here's Simon Fraser, come on. I, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Us here in the UK, we have pipe band competitions. And that's it. There's nothing else. There's no side project. There's no, there's no strongman events. There's no people flying about in ATVs. Um, but what I find, yeah, I was told this is quite common, actually, at uh, United States competitions, is uh, people who dress up in period costume, uh, you know, flying about in kilts and stuff, go, we're going to have, like, a fake battle and have big swords and stuff and smacking each other with fake axes and everything. What is that all about? Apparently, it's quite common. So you could be competing in one arena and then within 10 yards of where you're standing uh, trying to win a prize, there could be guys firing muskets at each other. So you're halfway through your strespay and okay, all you hear is bang, bang, bang. And people shouting and yelling and cheering and clapping and you Weird. Very strange. I think that that's really unusual to me. Uh, but fascinating at the same time. I'm just wondering how people can keep their concentration when you're trying to play your way through an MSR or something. And next thing you know, there's someone flying up beside you in a quad bike. How does that work? But 
I don't know. Also, the format of competitions does seem to be very different internationally. I spoke about this before, about competitions in Australia. Just look at the nationals, of course. Um, the Australian nationals and the New Zealand nationals. A lot of the um, competitions start off with a parade. And the parade actually makes up your final mark for your competition. So your street march competition actually forms part of your final result. So if you can't march and you can't perform on a street level, then what you can do in the performance circle just doesn't really matter. You know, you're already beat before you 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 know you have a final prize. So that's really interesting to me about how street performance is also part of the whole competition. If anything, I think it's a real positive addition. It's something possibly RSPBA could do to try and involve the town more in the competition. Now, what we have here in the UK, whenever we run a competition, it's in a playing field or a big wide open park, a big open space. And that's it. It's normally on the outskirts of town, so you don't really you, know, you don't really see the town at all. You're kind of outside it. Uh, so you're in this big wide open park. And you go and have your competition. You win your prizes. And the only time you really get to see the town is when you're driving back through it again to go home. So I think to have a parade element of competition, uh, I think would be a really interesting addition, if anything. So, yeah, kudos to you guys down under. I think it's a cracking idea. Um, but, yeah, the format itself, you know, has been the topic of debate. You know, whether grades are set correctly, whether playing requirements are correct at certain levels. You know, grade 5, grade 4, grade 3. Are you playing the right tunes that you should be playing? All of that sort of stuff. Um, but one thing that's been kind of interesting to me about competition format is that here in the UK, we have the champion of champions. Obviously, you know, throughout the year, the competition season, you have like an aggregate score. So for those of you who place first place, you get so many points. And second place, so many points. Da, 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 da. So throughout your whole pipe band season, you are scoring aggregate points. And at the end of the season, you could be crowned as champion of champions. So you get an additional trophy at the end of the year to say that your band has been the most consistent. So I'm very interested to know, does that happen internationally? Specifically in the United States. Is there a champion of champions title for the United States? That's interesting to me uh, because, yeah, I think the guys in the Channel Rad podcast have recently been complaining about how uh, competition results haven't been published online. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's another problem. Um, but, yeah, I am interested to know that how bands keep a track of their aggregate score throughout the season and whether they can, in fact, be crowned as champion of champions. Or does that even happen? in the united states it's very interesting now for me i think i understand this you could possibly correct me if i'm wrong but there's two main piping associations in the united states there's yuspaba and wuspaba now do the two ever meet <laughs> is my next question do the two associations ever meet come together and agree an agreed set of rules between the two now i do understand that both have to feed into the big overlord that is RSPBA because if anybody wants to come over to compete in the UK for the World Championships of course they have to abide by Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association rules so yeah is that whenever all the associations meet together I don't know I'm curious I don't know much about the workings and the organizations of associations internationally specifically there in the United States so I am interested uh, how Wispaba and Yuspaba are both formed, how they make decisions, do they have AGMs, uh, the same way we do here, and where do they take instruction from? Have they got a music board? Have they got a board of governors? Uh, have they got a judging panel? All of this sort of stuff, very interesting to me. 
And legitimately, I don't know much. I do know some. You know, I do know that there are meetings held and there's decisions are made. But how are they made? Are they voted on by the membership? I don't know. Very interesting stuff. So, yeah, please, again, tons of questions. Now, another question. Now, this could be controversial, but I honestly don't know the answer to this. So don't shout at me. Okay. But importing instruments now i'm very aware that in the united states there are there are bagpipe makers there are people over there who do make instruments there are drum makers over there of course as well but i am interested in how you guys in the united states manage to get your hands on a set of rg hardy's or a set of wallace bagpipes or you know hundreds of other different variations of brands of pipes also for drums as well you know premier adante of course adante based in northern ireland here and premier of course in great britain i'm just wondering with the importing of instruments that's an added expense for pipers and drummers i'm sure over there in the united states now obviously thanks to companies such as lone star piper lone star manages to be like a mainline distributor for a lot of the big brands here in the uk so he can work out extremely competitive deals for you guys there in the united states now i'm not just kind of bigging him up but that's kind of legitimate he does have quite a number of real good deals on there for importing instruments to the united states so whenever i would yeah we've talked about it just on a little short clip there he's one of the main distributors in the u.s for beach street drumming goods which is here based in northern ireland beach street produce all sorts of drum harnesses and carriers uh drumsticks and pads and tons of extra stuff like that that ordinarily in the united states you wouldn't see it for sale in any shops anywhere so whenever it comes to getting your mitts on some adanti drums or even to get your hands on a set of wallace bagpipes Going through a distributor such as Lone Star Piper is one of the most viable options, I would argue. But I would be interested how you guys actually get your mitts on your equipment. Stuff like uniforms and things like that. Again, you can get them through Lone Star. But, you know, what do your band do to get their mitts on actual uniform equipment, instruments, and how do you maintain that? Obviously, drum heads break. You need new drum heads. Sticks break, of course. Uh, yeah, and you need new reeds, and of course, if a, if a bass drone ever snaps or a stock breaks or something, you know, equipment breaks, you need to replace it. I'm just interested in how the importing of some of these instruments can be achieved worldwide. And um, yeah, through companies such as Lone Star, I think RG Hardy have actually got a distributing uh, company down there in Australia. Um, so it, yeah, I'm just interested in how... Most of the instruments that we can very easily get our hands on here in the UK, we can literally walk down the street and call into a shop and, well, a music shop, that is. <laughs> Can't just call into a news agent and ask for a drumhead. But, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's very simple for us to get our hands on kind of real top quality piping gear. I'm just interested in how you guys internationally manage to get your hands on some top quality piping gear. So, yeah. I know that may, it may well have sounded like a shameless plug for Lone Star, but um, he is kind of one of my main kind of points of reference whenever I think about the distributing products out there to the United States. Lone Star has got so many big deals uh, with you know companies here in the UK. Uh, like I said, Wallace is one of them. We have uh, come on. There's just so many different products that Lone Star you know can distribute at a quite a decent cost for you guys in the states i'm just wondering are there other options you know how do you achieve that so interesting stuff uh so also on to travel then do your associations help with 
travel. Now, I'm very aware, listening to other podcasts in the past, I'm not just talking about Chandler, I'm talking about the Beer Ten and others. Um, whenever they talked about travelling to some competitions in the United States, you could be talking upwards of five to six hours worth of travel, plus overnight hotel stays, all sorts of stuff just to be able to play at a competition. Now, a lot of your competitions as well, from what I understand, I could be wrong, but a lot of them are two-day events as well. A lot of them run Saturday-Sunday. So, that's an entire weekend. So, again, hotel stays. Obviously, bands need to be fed and watered. You're talking flights. uh, All sorts of madness. Does your association help with these costs? Now, we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, the very start, actually, where I believe that our RSPBA could possibly do more to help bands with this cost here in the UK, uh, with bringing bands over internationally and help with that sting in the tail with coming to the worlds. So, yeah, do your associations help with travel costs? Now, this applies to you guys, of course, in New Zealand and Australia as well, uh, but also for yeah, what we're talking about here in the United States. Do your associations help with travel costs? I would be interested to know. And if your associations don't help with travel costs, then just how do you tackle that problem? Does it come out of your own pocket? Does each member basically just jimmy up the money and say, here you go, yeah, I'll pay for my own flights, I'll pay for my own hotel... I'll pay for my own breakfast and dinner, <laughs> all to be able to play at this competition. So, which was kind of rough, do you know what I mean? But hey, that's the game we're in. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be interested to know on how the travel bills can be afforded by pipers and drummers uh, having to travel large distances for long periods of time. Interesting. So... That, yeah, that's kind of my list of questions for now. I'm sure as we get further into this conversation, I will have more. Uh, but I really wanted to approach this from a level of curiosity. I'm not trying to score points. I'm not trying to say this is better, this is worse, and all that sort of stuff. I am just genuinely interested in how piping and drumming is done internationally. I have never really travelled to see the bagpiping world outside of the UK. Who knows, that may change. I would love to get international sometime and, you know, who knows, maybe get to Winter Storm sometime or maybe head to see some of the, I don't know, some of the big games over there in the States. It would be amazing. Also, wouldn't it be awesome if Big Rab went to the Australian Nationals next year? Woo! Wouldn't that be incredible? I would love to do that. Yeah, just to see how an Australian competition goes and how it works and you know i would be a big pipe band nerd i would just be in my element you could just imagine me there with a clipboard taking notes and how a competition is ran never mind how the performances went <laughs> so yeah it's a topic that really genuinely interests me it's one that came from one of our patreon subs so thank you patreon uh so yeah I would love to know your feedback. You can mail me in with your answers, if possible. BigRabShow at gmail.com. would really love to know your answers on all of those questions, if you have them. <laughs> and, of course, your voicemail as well. You know, it would be awesome to have your voice here on the podcast as well. So, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. Yeah, it's been a long one. Apologies, but I did have quite a number of questions to ask you. And it's been a busy week. Anyway, I hope to see you at the Tartan Nights this weekend and Five Mile Town. No doubt we will be there. Uh, microphone on hand, so hopefully we'll catch up with some of the guys from Kloss Kelt and even Tolly Lagan and Lisbeg and all that sort of stuff over the course of the weekend as we're doing a bit of fundraising for Louise Smitten, of course, and the Neo Unit in Craig Avon. So awesome. 
And also, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to our podcast. So with each and every week, you'll never miss an episode. And you'll get a little bing, a little notification to let you know that Rab's uploaded another one. And you'll never, ever miss an episode. If you haven't, please do recommend us to a friend. Let them know about our wee piping show and what we do. We do two hours of live radio on Fuse FM every week. And we bring you this podcast each and every Wednesday without fail. Yeah. Bringing you piping and drumming goodness all the way through the season and the off-season. So, yeah, piping and drumming is what we know and love, and that's what we're all about. So, thank you so much for listening. If you do want to support the show as well, don't forget to check out our Patreon. Tons of extra content up there for less than a price of a cup of coffee every month. Take it like this. If you ever met me in person, would you ever buy me a beer or, you know, get me a coffee or something? Say, hey, you know, I want to get a beer and chat and something. Well, now is your chance. <laughs> you can go along. For less than a price of a cup of coffee every month, you can get your hands on tons of extra content. And yeah, you can get to hear Big Rab Show Plus. There's two episodes of that up there now, so well worth checking out. Grant, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much for clicking that download button, and I look forward to hearing all of your answers. BigRabShow at gmail.com. Yes, and we'll see you here on the podcast next week. All the best. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1 Rigs, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions, Inverarian District. Don't forget to check out thebigrabshow.com for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best. <laughs>